Hi, I'm Justin Canoe, co-founder of the Tennessee Holler. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you've been reading our articles and watching our videos, you know the Holler isn't here to make friends, and we're going to keep yelling the truth, but we need your help to do it. Follow us on social media, subscribe to our emails, and help us amplify the messages we put out. But I also want to ask you to consider chipping in a few dollars a month to help us cover the expenses we incur when we're out doing this work. It isn't free, so it all really helps. Go to tnholler.com and chip in even just a few dollars each month. Thanks for anything you can do and tell your friends to follow the holler and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another TennesseeHoller.com Facebook Live. I'm Holler co-founder Justin Canoe. We are doing these Holler Facebook Lives with great guests. Tuesday is at 10 a.m. Put that in your calendar and join us. The audio of this show will be available on as a podcast on Spotify and iTunes. So subscribe to us there and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And tell everybody you can to follow the Holler. We have some really great guests today. Hana Ali is live with us. Charles Uffelman and the edition is our co-founder, Holly McCall. Holly, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm still drinking my coffee out of my Votes for Women cup from the Clinton Museum. I thought it was appropriate today. That is appropriate. I want to tell you guys, I don't know if you can see it, but I'm going to bring in, this is my Bye Bye Cassada balloon. I have a little (laughs) balloon here and I repurposed my Mother's Day balloon for Bye Bye Cassada Day. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about what just happened, you guys. I, I feel like a lot of really good people put in a lot of hard work and the results paid off. So just real quick, how are you all feeling? Let's go around. Holly, why don't you tell us, how are you feeling right now? Um, I feel like things are on a positive track. Now, I am the eternal cynic when it comes to Gordon Cassida. So despite the fact that he says he plan- he plans to resign after his vacation, to me, He's stalling yet again. Like everything with him has been a stall. First, Bill Williams was lying. Okay, okay. So there were a couple of texts, but there were only a couple of texts and then nothing else was come out. Whoops, more stuff came out. So I will believe he's gone when I see him gone. Well, that's fair enough. Hannah, how are you feeling? What do you think about what just happened? And and then I want to kind of go back and walk through the steps. But Hannah, tell us how you feel. Well, first, good morning to everyone. Thank you for having me. And Holly Dracaris McCall, I call her. She <laughs> has done a tremendous job in raising the voice. But here's the thing. Tennesseans are at a point where we're no longer accepting apologies. We want resignations. And we're not stopping at resignations. We want to go beyond that. And we want investigations. Investigations into, into the past 20-year tenure to find out how many ethical violations have been done, to find out how taxpayer money was squandered, to find out you know what is the consequence and the legal consequence for falsifying uh, a document submitting to the district attorney's office and uh, hiding the cocaine use in the state capitol. These are some grave offenses. These cannot go unchecked and uninvestigated. So resignation is not enough, not just resigning as a speaker, but he needs to resign as a representative also and then be investigated. Well, as a constituent, I completely agree with you. And and I want to turn it to Chaz now. Chaz, I know you are also somewhat of a cynic. What did you think was going to happen? Take us. I want to go back to the before the vote yesterday. Did you think this could possibly come? Yeah, um, I I didn't. I did not think that this was going to happen. I I didn't think he would at least say he's going to resign. I don't know if he actually is. But I, I tweeted about this the other day. I had I went to a barbecue, a neighborhood barbecue. 
and spoke with a Republican representative. And he, I asked him if they were going to get rid of Cassidy yesterday. Um, and he basically told me that he was, he it was very weird. He said he was going to eat some food and act like none of this was happening. And <laughs> that's what I was hearing from lots one of strategy. Is that they were wanting to pretend like this was going to happen. This wasn't happening. And this isn't, uh, you know, a big deal because I think they've existed so long uh, in Tennessee without any consequences. And so this is like a new territory for them. But I mean, how I feel today is like so I'm, I'm a I'm, I'm a I'm a member of the United Methodist Church. A, a candidate for clergy in my church was framed by the office of the Speaker of the State House of Representatives, or yeah, in Tennessee. There's not justice for that. There's not justice for Justin Jones, who was who was fulfilling his baptismal covenant to resist uh, evil and oppression in all its forms. So how I'm feeling today is I'm still feeling down, and I'm and the work is getting bigger as we as we get into this. It's going to take all of us to create this mass moral movement at the ballot box, and it has to start right now. Like we can we can celebrate. When Cassidy actually does resign, we can do that for six hours. That's as long as I'm given us six hours. And then we got to go right to candidate recruitment. We've got to have people flipping these seats because once Cassidy is gone, there's going to be the next speaker is going to try to take vouchers to 10 counties instead of two uh, to criminalize even more minority groups that are wanting to better their communities uh, to legislate women's bodies even more. I mean, Right. We can celebrate. Well, you're, gotta work. you're trying to you're trying to keep the focus on the issues and saying that it's not the time to, to spike the football yet. But I also do want to make sure that we celebrate the victories here because it's important that people realize that showing up does work. That when Absolutely. you show up, when you when you get out there, when you make them feel the heat, that it actually does work. So I want to read a couple of the comments because even even just showing up for this broadcast and commenting is helpful. Blake Campbell. A buddy says that, yes, that's what they've been doing for years until you all worked hard to make that come out in the open. That's a lot of people there. Uh, Mary Richard says, I can't imagine using cocaine on state property is allowed legally. How is that legal? You know, a lot of people are wondering this. So, so you're right to keep calling attention to the investigations. I know Holly was hammering that, you know, this this thing with Justin Jones being framed is still a big issue. And then I, I, that brings me to something that I wanted to ask Hannah to comment on. Hannah, you, you are a Muslim American and the DA in charge of the Captain Jones case has said some really Islamophobic things and, and care and uh, another the American Muslim Advisory Council both called on him to resign. How do you feel about that case and DA Northcott in general and, and generally Islamophobia in Tennessee? Well, here's the thing. Islamophobia in Tennessee is not new, but when it's traced back to offices that uh, are for, like, for instance, here, district attorney's office, or when it's traced back to state capital, then it is a grave concern for all citizens. Imagine going to a doctor and he's going to do a surgery on you and you find out that he does not know anything about human anatomy. You're going to be smart to cancel your surgery. I feel the same way towards DA Northcutt a attorney in that position who does not understand the civil liberties and the United States Constitution and the freedom to practice religion, he is just not fit to serve in this position. 
in uh, March, um, I was with um, AMAC, which is the American Muslim Advisory Council, and we had a Muslim Day on the Hill. And I had met both uh, Representative um, Garrett and Representative William Lambert, who's also the majority leader. And um, I asked uh, Leader Lambert, I said, uh, would you call out the instances where you feel that, you know, there's there's bigotry and racism and anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. And he was quick to, you know, condemn it in that meeting. And he said, I'm going to call it out. And yesterday when he stepped up eventually to call out uh, Speaker Cassida to resign, I would like to remind him of our meeting and uh, ask him to step up again and call out and demand the resignation from DA Northcutt. The reason, and, and here's the problem, when people in public positions say or do reckless things, and if they are not challenged, and if they're not called out, out on it, they continue to do that. Like for instance, I will remind everyone back in 2016, Rep. Susan Lynn um, had distributed wow. an anti-Muslim DVD and uh, three legislatures, uh, John Ray Clemens, uh, Barbara Cooper and Johnny, I'm forgetting his name. He was from Memphis. Shaw. Johnny, Shaw? Turner. Johnny Turner, I believe that was Shaw. third legislator who had actually filed a complaint against uh, Representative uh, Susan Lynn for uh, distributing such um, hateful uh, DVD against a small minority. Here's the thing. It is not just Islamophobia. <laughs> It is all kind of racism, it's anti-Semitism. And I keep saying that anti-Semitism and Islamophobia are the fangs of the same snake. If they are not called out, if they are not you know, treated with proper legal consequences with calling these reps out and demanding their resignations to step down, it will continue. Yeah. People say reckless things, do reckless things, and then they get reelected. Same as the case with David Byrd. I just can't imagine that uh, a person, how can they vote for these representatives when they have seen that their conduct is just unfit to serve? Right. That's true. Um, I actually, just to bring it back to yesterday, Justin Jones was at the meeting yesterday, which I thought was a bold thing for him to do because we knew Cassida was there. Uh, <clears throat> Justin Jones is now in a situation where I, I feel like he, he's not, a, I don't want to say he's a martyr, but if it hadn't happened with that ice tea incident, would we be here? You know, it's hard to really know where we'd be right now. I, I, does, does anybody wonder about that? It would be bigotry as usual. Yeah. Holly, what do you think? So I just want to, I want to step back a little bit. Hannah said something about how can people continue to vote? for representatives like this. And I see a couple of comments from Jennifer Bland, Yamin, 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 yep. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, she Yamin. said, this is for Williamson County voters. Remember Durham? Yes, I ran against him. How do we educate their voters? And then my friend Mary Richards says exactly what is wrong with people there. And I think it's not just a Williamson County issue. It, do, it, it does seem that some of our, that our, two of our representatives are the most egregious of the lot. Um, but I, I, I think part of this goes back to like I will criticize my own party and we became complacent for years and years. You know, the Democrats had a majority from after reconstruction up until around two, to 2010 and we became complacent. The Republicans built up. Um, and frankly, 
anybody who is watching this this podcast, this Facebook right now, is an engaged person. But right. most people aren't, and I I don't blame them for that because people have families, they've got work. Many of us, even in Williamson County, are just trying to make ends meet. But it's going to take years of education by all of us, by everybody who does not like what's going on to turn right. the ship around. Right. And that, that requires right. education, that, showing yeah. up, all of that good stuff. Also, I think it's important that we note that even though the dam has broken and people are speaking out now, not all of them were willing to speak out when it wasn't the safe thing to do. So Absolutely. there were about 11 House Republicans who spoke up before it was the popular thing to do. And we, we put out that list of who that is. But now, you know, the rest of them are going to run around saying, oh, well, you know, I, I took the moral position. I took the stance and, you know, exactly. I was willing to speak up. But they, they weren't all willing to speak up. And we need to make sure that we remind them of when they were uh, when they were in hiding. Chaz, what do you think about uh, the, the future here? Do you think that what happened here is something that Democrats should be pointing out and, and using in future elections? I'm seeing a moment happen in, in Tennessee politics that I, I've been waiting for my whole life. I'm seeing people join the fight. Uh, I'm seeing people, people ask me uh, when I'm in the grocery store about what's going on and how can I help. Um, and to tie all these different points together, when it comes to uh, the, the DA in Coffee County, is that, you know, th these folks, uh, they're either hiding or the, some of the crazy stuff that they're saying, they're saying it in rooms in their districts. It's not like this is happening in some far off land and the voters are ignoring it. It's that people are making them comfortable to say these things. So they, they, they open their mouth and they spew this racist stuff and, and, and people make them comfortable. So we have to follow in the footsteps. All of us have to follow in the footsteps of uh, Tequila Johnson, Justin Jones, uh, Afton Bain and like bringing that discomfort to some of the awful things these people are saying and doing to their district meetings, to their town halls, uh, showing up at their office. We all have to participate more. I think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see more people jump on this movement as they see more pathways to join it. Justin, I'd like to just uh, pitch in and say one more thing that at the end of the day, it's all about the strength of your moral character. Last year, you and I both were candidates and in the thick of the campaign, when the unfortunate event at the Tree of Life a synagogue uh, shooting happened, I dropped everything that I was doing and I made sure that I'm with my Jewish community, brothers and sisters, sitting with them, praying with them, showing solidarity. Anyone who has a conscience will be guided by their moral compass. And it pains me to say that, that our colleagues on the other aisle, I think not only they have lost the moral compass, but they're not really enthusiastic in looking for it. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. And, you know, that's why I think it's, there's sort of two ways that we can react to what's going on right now. One is to say, well, where were you before? And the other is to say, well, thank you for walking towards the light. And I think when they do make the right decision and when they do come out and do things like this, it's important to point it out and it's important to give them a pat on the back and say, yes, this is that kind of thing. This is what we need more of from you so that they want to do it again in the future. So, you know, I'm not I'm not being gun shy about thanking Governor Lee when he steps up, you know, a couple hours after the vote and says, I will call a special session to get rid of him if he doesn't resign. That was that couldn't have been an easy thing to do. 
And so we need more moral leadership like that. And I think we need to be prepared to thank them when things like that happen. Absolutely. Because this, shit, this isn't a partisan issue. I know we say that as Democrats a lot, and it sounds like a political ploy, but this really isn't. Child sex abuse isn't a partisan issue. Racism isn't a partisan issue. And now I guess I'm wondering, Holly and, and Chaz and you know anybody else that wants to weigh in, uh, where do we go from here? Who do you guys see stepping in to the speaker role when he leaves? You know, I, I don't know. I, I've got a couple of pretty good Republican contacts. I think it's pretty clear that William Lamberth is interested. Um, I think Bill Dunn is interested. Dunn was one of the first people to come out against Cassida. And I think we're not through seeing conflict in the Republican Party. And I think we're liable to see some more uh, fighting about who becomes speaker. Right. Chaz, what do you think? Who, who do you see stepping into that role? Uh, I think there's kind of a dark horse there that has been surprisingly silent in this. And that's Curtis Johnson. He was he was speaker pro tem uh, last uh, session. And he ran against Cassidy uh, this winter and lost, and he's been eerily quiet. Uh, so he might he might be the unity candidate uh, that brings in this really fractured caucus uh, of the hard hard right and then like the moderate right because he is not at least publicly he's not been participating in this this kind of warfare uh, between Cassidy uh, loyalists and folks who want justice. So would he be considered the, the the moderate choice then for speaker? I guess is that what you're saying? Bad or just I, I don't I don't even know if you could put an ideology on him. Just someone who hasn't been participating in this fight publicly might mean something to like the. I mean, there's still 27, 26 members of the caucus. That's a good chunk that are going to be frustrated with folks who led this fight against Cassidy. Right. And, and that's what's worrying, you know, because even if he steps down from the speakership, uh, speakership position and he's still uh, a representative, you know that old saying, uh, leopards don't change their print. He's going to continue to do what he has done for the last 20 years. This has to go all the way, resignation as a representative and then being fully investigated by the authorities. I completely agree. I just, I mean, you know him better than I do, but I can't imagine that he's willing to be this sort of powerless, shamed guy walking around the legislature. It just feels like he's going to want to stay away from this entirely. Or am I, is that wishful thinking? I just, I don't know again. So now he is going on vacation. He was supposed to go on the 24th. Today's the 21st. He says he's leaving early. So I just, I don't like nothing with him surprises me. So right. does he resign now? Which, frankly, if he's going to resign, it would be preferable because then in Williamson County, we could have a special election to fill the seat. He can hold out and maybe broker some deal with the Republican Party. And I don't remember the cutoff. I need to talk to the election um, administrator here. But at some point, if he leaves, it's too late to have a special election and the Republicans can appoint uh, somebody to fill his slot who will then be the incumbent in 2020, making it even more difficult for Democrats to pick off. So I just, I don't know, like in my own head, and what do I know? Like he's going to go on vacation and try to figure out how he can stay relevant. Right. He definitely seems like somebody who's thinking about himself at all times. So I don't think he's wondering how he can make this transition smooth. You know, he's not putting anybody first but himself. Even still to this day, he seems to have learned not a whole lot from this whole ordeal. He kept trying to make it about the two texts as opposed to all the lying and all the transgressions. Up to yesterday. Yeah, oh, it's two or three texts. So aside from 
the people of Tennessee who I, I just can't help but think that Phil Williams is this guy that comes out as somebody that we should be building a statue to. The guy has been a model of community journalism. Holly, you seem to have known this was coming the minute that Cassida called him a liar. Uh, do you, do you think Phil Williams star has risen more than anybody's throughout this entire thing? I gotta say Phil Williams star was already pretty high. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say, so he recently covered sort of the ups and downs of Metro schools. And there was an African-American director of schools in Metro Nashville. And so there were some folks who thought, said, oh, Phil, you just go after Democrats or liberals, or you just go after African-American people. And if you have watched Phil over the years, you know that that is not true. He goes after anybody who he believes is doing wrong and who he has some proof on. So that's what he did with CASA and... Um, yeah, I'm telling you, the minute Glenn Cassida called him a liar, that was when everybody started to pop the popcorn because Bill Williams <laughs> does not ask a question like a good journalist. He does not ask a question if he doesn't already know the answer. So when he was talking about text, he probably already had the next four or five stories in the hopper and ready to go. It was pretty awesome to watch. And you, he, when he tweets that ticking clock and you just know that he's that ticking clock. I mean, that's amazing. It was really better than Game of Thrones, and it was happening right when Game of Thrones was happening. I was much more interested in the 6 o'clock news than I was in Game of Thrones throughout this ordeal. And I think Channel was, 5 changed their theme music to the Game of Thrones theme <laughs> They basically did, absolutely. That, that was an incredible thing. And just watching the way that local news and the Twitter sphere and Facebook groups, I mean, the public pressure came from everywhere, and from it, was, everywhere. it was everybody had a hand in it. So... You know, this was really a, a team effort and it was bipartisan. I know. I mean, I'm hearing that Williamson County Re Republicans especially were cheering when they heard about the no confidence vote. You know, we really weren't sure right up until the last minute what was going to happen there. So, you know, this is a this is a moment where Tennessee took a big step forward when it could have taken a big step back. It's it's kind of a cliche to say Tennessee is at crossroads. I mean, that that's a cliche statement. But I will tell you that of all the Democrats who lost our campaigns last year, there's one good thing that's come out of it. And I'm looking at you, Justin, because you were a citizen turned candidate, a candidate turned activist and an activist turned journalist. And you and Holly, I give you guys so much respect and uh, that you started this Tennessee holler because you are raising issues that no one else was paying attention to and they were not raising. Now, when you raised your voice, everyone chipped in their voice and then the voice grew louder. It's the activism, the citizen activism that has mounted this pressure for accountability. And now we're in this moment. So thank well, you. Well, thank you for saying that. I know I, I, I don't speak for Holly, but I, you know, we really appreciate the love that people are showing us. And, and, uh, it just felt like, especially when I was running, that this was a voice that was missing. And Absolutely. so, you know, but without the people stepping up to help amplify this stuff and following and, and helping us out, this doesn't exist. So it's really, a, it's, it's a platform for, and, and, and by the people. And it just, it just has been great the way it's been embraced. And, and I know we deeply appreciate it. One thing that Gen C Ebel Spradlin said, which I think is important to point out, is that uh, Phil did a fantastic job, but Carrie Wade Gervin was the first to bring the story out. And no yes. one on it. That's true. She did say it first. I remember reading 
when she said it. I remember thinking that that was odd when she brought up the the fact that it seemed like Justin Jones has been framed. I do want to give Kerry the credit for that, but you just never know where the spark is going to come from. I, we've seen it a, in a couple of different ways. For for instance, when Hannibal Burris in his comedy act talked about Cosby, that was what started the whole Cosby thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you never know what's going to reignite something. So I think the lesson is just keep pushing and, and you never really know when the, the snowball is going to pick up steam here. Uh, so I don't want to keep you guys forever. I appreciate you guys doing this. Hannah, uh, you're at the Sumner County Democrats, right? What, uh, what are you uh, focused on over there now? What's the next for Sumner County Dems? Well, what we're doing is that we're trying to replicate the arm that we have in Davidson County to have it uh, in Sumner. We need young Dems arm. And I am reaching out to um, uh, good folks that I met over the weekend during the Elevate Summit to make sure that we grow the party base here. The next thing we we need to do is we want to educate our voters. We want our voters to be high information voters so they know what the issues are when they're voting. And our civic duty doesn't end, you know, when we vote in the presidential election once in four years. We need to educate the folks that they have to go out and vote in every single election. School board, county commission, mayor, state politics has uh, you know, it affects you more than the federal politics does. So the sooner we start to participate in that, grow our party, grow the base, include new people and tell them that, you know, we're a big tent. We have a big heart. Come grab a chair. Sit by me. We need to um, start, you know, having liaisons with uh, groups like Indivisible groups like Mom, Moms Demand Action and NAACP and tell them that, you know, we're not leaving you behind. We just need to join the chorus and move forward together as a stronger, more progressive voice. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. And finding those progressive candidates to step forward is really important. Chaz, what's your words of wisdom for the Democratic Party moving party. forward here and for people in general as far as finding progressives and who should step up and run. I mean, I, I know what Hannah is saying is, is dead on. And I didn't actually know that before I started getting involved, how important and impactful state politics are. You know, I was always fascinated by the federal horse race and federal politics, and it just gets all the headlines. But at the end of the day, you're absolutely right, Hannah. State politics affect your life a lot more than, than federal politics in a lot of ways. So, Chaz, give us some words of wisdom here. My words of wisdom are... For the folks out there that, that feel alone, that feel like they don't have a voice in this or feel like they're beating their head against the wall and they're not getting anywhere, we see you. We hear you. We love you and we appreciate your work. And it is working. When I'm out in the community, I see people in, in every county I go in. People are starting to ask more questions. They're starting to look at the way Tennessee is and see Tennessee as something that they should try to improve. And that's a big step. That, that, that's a big step. And the first step for all of our organizations is giving people their own agency to make change. And that's happening. Uh, and so we just got to keep inviting people to the meetings. We ha and it doesn't have to be your Democratic Party meetings. If you're not into that, it could be indivisible. Uh, it could be different nonprofits that are doing the work. Mm -hmm. uh, we've just got to keep growing that circle wider and wider and giving folks voices and giving them the tools to run for office. We've got to start training folks 
for school right. board and city council. These folks can't, the, these state reps and these DAs can't say near as much crazy stuff if they have local elected officials who are coming to them saying, this is not us. This is not who we should be. Uh, so, you know, keep finding your perch and keep singing uh, like the beautiful birds you are. Well, I think that's really well said. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, we keep trying to find this magic potion that's going to help turn the state blue. But the magic potion is just within all of us. As long as we are pushing as hard as we can, and as long as we feel engaged and we feel like it's working, that's the thing that's going to bring change more than anything else. It's not going to be some strategy paper someone puts at some chairs meeting. You know, it, it's got to be inside of us. And I know that's very kind of wishy-washy, but it's just the truth. Holly, how about yourself? I know you're at Emerge yeah. now. Everything that's going on. What do you think? You no, know, I got to get my last word in. So two things. I noticed some comments earlier when somebody said, what can we do to help out Williamson County? Well, every county in the state needs help. But as a, as a matter of fact, Justin, as you know, right now, the governor is from Williamson County. Cassidy, the Speaker of the House, is uh, from Williamson County. Jack Johnson, the Senate Majority Leader, who has sponsored some anti-LGBT legislation, is from Williamson County. Marsha Blackford is from Williamson County. So, yes, somebody said, should we get involved with the County Democratic Party? Yes, you should. I am the past chair. And let me tell you, we've got a very strong, active group. We've got some local elections coming up this year. There's going to be a young Democrat running for uh, Franklin Board of Mayor and Alderman. So, yes, we want your involvement. But also, I'm currently chair of Emerge Tennessee. And I see a lot of women watching us today. Hana Ali is a graduate of Emerge Boot Camp, and we yes. are the pre program for training Democratic women to run for office. And we've got a 40% success ratio in the state, which, quite wow. frankly, is better than anybody else. And I tell you if, you, if you apply for our next program, applications open in July. If you apply, I can't guarantee that you will win, but you will be much in a much better place, much more prepared to run the kind of campaign that does have the ability to win. I that's second a, that. That's fantastic. And, you know, I can just say from experience of, of running that we really stand on the shoulders of women. Women were the backbone of everything we did in our campaign. Women are, you know, it's mostly women who show up at these actions and these events. And, and you know, I think that's that's who's going to save us. Women and, and the kids, that's who we I'll, need to rely on here. I'll uh, give a huge credit to Democratic Party last year when they were recruiting candidates. There were 114 Democratic candidates for the 2018 election, and half of them were women. Wow, that's awesome. And well, frankly, it was good to have a lot of candidates because for years, people had no option to vote for if they wanted to vote for a Democrat. And that is where the void in journalism gets you because, you know, I was a candidate. I was waiting for somebody to, hey, reach out, cover my race. Nobody did. Nobody was interested because people were constantly just focusing on the Senate race and the governor race. Down ballot candidates never got any exposure, never. I mean, they, right, they right. we got no attention whatsoever. And yeah. I think what you've started with Tennessee Holler, maybe in the next uh, 2020 election cycle, we can fill that gap. Well, uh, that's music. That's Holler. That's music to our ears, Hannah. Yeah, I, it just felt like instead of sitting around waiting for them to give us the microphone, we needed to build our own sound system. And that's that's hopefully what we're doing here. We've been around for three and a half months. 9,000 Twitter followers, about 5,000 people following us on Facebook. And it's growing. really helpful. So go to tnholler.com, follow at the tnholler. 
on both Facebook and Twitter. And then Hana, you're Hana for House on Twitter. Hana for House. Hana for House. Chaz, what are you on Twitter? Twitter at Charles Uffelman. At Charles at Uffelman. Charles at J Holly MC. Uh, follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at Canoe, and we'll be here. I think weekly on Tuesdays. Holly, this is, seems like this is a time that's working out for everybody, right? Yeah, it seems to be working out pretty well, and I'm, I'm looking to see how many people are watching. So, yeah, pour your coffee, take a little mid-morning break, and talk some politics with us. Yeah, and, and it gives, you know, that way any people who want to resign can resign on Monday, and then we can have Tuesday to, to talk about it. So Tuesday is a good post-resignation day. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, again, follow us, contribute monthly if you can on tnholler.com, and we appreciate all the comments, and we'll be back next week with with some great new guests. And we appreciate it. Take care, everybody.